Welcome to the European Greens podcast, where we talk about the way forward to a greener and fairer Europe, together with green leaders and activists. The European Greens are a European political party that brings together national parties sharing the same green values, like democracy, feminism, support of LGBTQ+, and climate action. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, and together, let's green our future. Welcome to a new episode of Green Talking Heads on the struggles and demands of the queer community in the Balkan region on the occasion of Europride. Uh, Europride, um, if you don't know it, is a pan-European LGBTI pride event that changes location. And this year, for the first time, uh, it was in Southeast Europe, in Belgrade, the capital of Serbia, um, where the queer community in the Balkan region faces still inequalities, discrimination. And so Europride was meant to be a demonstration of solidarity towards the activists there who fight every day for human rights and feminism and, yeah, of course, the rights of LGBTI people. So the European Greens uh, decided to join the mobilization this year and by this show our strong support. Um, and in Belgrade, we met with activists and our partners um, through the Balkan and the Queer Network. And I'm really happy that one of them is with us today um, who fights from within the institutions. Uh, and that's Natalia Simovic, local councillor and board member of Don't Let Belgrade Drown. And we will briefly talk about the current situation of the queer community and then look back at the Belgrade Pride and uh, after this on your work for more equality in the Balkan region. So yes, uh, happy you're with us today, Natalia. Um, and um, yeah, let's maybe start with talking about the run up to the Pride because until the very last moment, it was not very clear if it could really take place. Um, and whether the march would be legally celebrated um, with several voices of the Serbian government, including the president, announcing to ban it. Um, what uh, does this say about the current political situation of the LGBTI people in Serbia? Well, uh, I would say that um, once again, Europride, um, generally Pride, Belgrade Pride before then was never fully actually endorsed and accepted by the state, but more as, as something that needs to be done in the pre-accession to the EU from like foreign pressures and similarly. Um, even though it, it's a paradox that we do have a, a out uh, lesbian prime minister that actually does very little uh, for for the queer community here. I have to uh, go a few years back when Europride was first uh, announced in 2019. Our government and PM officially gave their letter of commitment to the Europride organizations that it will go on, basically committing that uh, they will do everything in their power to. But since we came to this um, complex political moment, Uh, fast forward to 2022, and we have um, really strong uh, right-wing backflash to, to generally queer rights. But at the same time, uh, that was at the same time converging with the Kosovo issue, which was also a big, uh, big uh, con contesting issue here in Serbia. Um, it feels that the government had to give something up, and this was giving up the, the rights to the queer community because they were um, 
actually accepting the new uh, new agreement with Kosovo to have a free passage and IDs and accepting the IDs from Kosovo people. So this is one of the theories why it all happened, because it happened all at the same time where our president, I think it was towards the end of the August, I cannot uh, remember the exact date when he announced that the uh, Europe Pride will be cancelled, which is not uh, up to uh, our executive power, the president or anyone else to decide because organizers are actually Belgrade Pride organizations. They could only ban it. Uh, so mm, closer to Europe Pride, actually in the week of Europe Pride, the police finally came up with the decision that Europe Pride will be banned due to the security concerns. They were stating security concerns because there was... A, uh, in weeks coming up to Europe Pride, there was really severe backlash from the right wing. Um, there were a lot of debates in, in public spaces on media, um, a lot of debates on social media, uh, a very strong backlash that felt really organized in terms of promoting anti-LGBT narratives uh, and different things in, in the society. So it was a huge topic for weeks coming up to the Europe Pride. So... You said that the backlash, unfortunately, is very organized. Um, how is it with the queer com community? Is it equally organized and visible? Well, queer community here is, I mean, comparing to 10 years ago, it's more organized, has more resources, but still far less than, than its opposition, than, than the other side, than the dark side, I would say, uh, because actually it still relies very much on uh, support of the foreign community of multilateral funds or private foundations. And, uh, but this year, because it's a Europe Pride and very significant event, actually even some companies uh, and some bigger, uh, bigger funds were allocated towards the Belgrade Pride organization. And uh, a lot of international community joined in and had different events around Europe Pride, which is great, showing more international solidarity, which at this point is, I think, really significant and important. And if it wasn't for that, I honestly do not think that uh, Europe Pride would have, would have happened. I think queer community is getting uh, more stronger and more organized uh, with, with new, new generations, actually, because I think there has been a generational um, switch to sorts that people feel more, younger people feel more uh, empowered and more uh, free to, to actually uh, fight. And because I think that uh, we exhausted possibly all the possibilities in this struggle that's been going on for, for over 20 years now. From the first Pride, which was in 2002, that was extremely violent. Uh, and people actually being prosecuted, fleeing the country, taking asylum. A lot of organizers are actually now not living in, in Serbia anymore. Mm. So I think uh, there's still this problem, but there is at least this new generational young voice that's giving a new, new energy to the whole cause. Community and the organizing is more united now, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you already gave a bit of history in the run-up to this Europe, right? I mean, but was what were your expectations? Did you think this year's Europe Pride would be different? Um, what was your hopes? 
I was hoping it would go on the next level. It would actually create this uh, joint, joint by international solidarity, this platform that could actually make a final push towards uh, adopting the law on, uh, on same-sex partnerships uh, and similar things. However, what, what we faced is completely opposite of what our expectations were and it did happen under very uh, dubious circumstances because the original route was changed a couple of times. Even by the organizer, it was changed. We were supposing uh, I'm not because probably of the police intervention. But then in, on the very day, it also got shortened even more. So practically, the route that was originally planned to go by the most important institutions that could uh, allow for more LGBT rights was then shortened basically to walk through the park. And even at this point, it did not go without its uh, challenges. Uh, it was a very short walk uh, that was passing the Constitutional Court, which makes sense because uh, previous bans of Pride were uh, deemed unconstitutional by the Constitutional Court in 2011, 12, 13. I think there were four official decisions. Uh, because it's it's against the law of, of the right to assembly of, of, of people in general. I think the only positive, the, the impressions here are really bittersweet, I have to say. The only positive thing about it, because it did really rally people that support it. So we had uh, not only international community, and uh, of course, thanks to the European Greens, we had a, a, a European Green community joining us and in solidarity, and this was really important, but also the local people that felt the injustice of taking away the rights to assembly. We had this situation where we were completely constrained uh, on a really small route uh, where police would let us do. There were, there were actually uh, violent attacks several violent attacks to, on the police, but also throughout the day, there were personal attacks uh, by, uh, by still unidentified attackers on uh, foreign, uh, foreign participants of Europe Pride. What does this actually say? This, say, this actually kind of shows the trend of, of a intention of a government to uh, basically throw a uh, queer community under the bus. I'm, I'm being really direct here, but when it comes to a different decision, uh, it seems that uh, queer community is actually last on the list to, um, to fulfill their demands and their basic human rights. Can you maybe briefly again describe a little the atmosphere at the Pride itself? So when you were finally marching, how were the activists uh, yeah, celebrating their Pride in the streets? How would you describe it? Well, I would describe it as a very bizarre day in general, because uh, I believe it would be really curious for your listeners to know that at the same time, we had Euro Pride, we had Formula One uh, promo event on the main streets of Belgrade. We had earlier in the day a uh, celebration of uh, diplomas of Air Force cadets, which was like planes flying over the city, huge uh, military parades, a uh, huge uh, family walk, which is actually organized by, uh, by the right wing. So there were several really opposing, completely different events happening at the same time, which felt that the Europe Pride was kind of pushed in the corner. So we were pushed on the smallest route, 
to in and plus on all of that we had really big rain and really bad weather so uh we were pushed in the last corner of all these events basically and on top of it as we were passing one interesting uh impression and i see a lot of it is being circled a lot of these impressions that were even on twitter and elsewhere uh because we were passing by the church actually or the church dignitary took out even we made an altar like improvised altar in front of the church and kept ringing the bells when it's not the time for the church bells to be uh happening so this was really really curious and what was really interesting as well it felt like we were being escorted to the to the concert venue which is something that actually after the euro pride police official police statement was that it was not march it was participants being escorted to the concert so it's, it's absurd but, but i think um, a positive thing as i said is that i did see a lot of new faces there like locally uh, i did see a lot of support you know from allies from like straight, straight people everyone else politicians from more left or liberal political spectrum um, and the center one. So it was met with more local support and more local people coming in. So that's the positive side of all this unfortunate and I would say like complete chaos that was happening around us. Yeah, so what are your key takeaways from this day and the whole political context in which it took place? I the, the key takeaways is I think we're a little bit uh, now going a few years backwards in, in the struggle for, for LGBT rights. Uh, I think that um, we will see what will happen with, uh, with uh, this law that I've already mentioned, the draft law that has been actually went to the parliamentary procedure, but once it was supposed to be adopted, it was pulled out basically. Uh, which was also something that was promoted from, from the president, like from the highest level of uh, government. Well, not government, because he doesn't really have a executive power. Um, so we still, it's, it's really in the dark what will happen now. And uh, I think the momentum that was once uh, gained for actually passing the law is now, uh, now taken a few steps back. So we, I think this, we need to go back to the beginning, basically, and um, start pushing from it from all, all sides. Uh, us as, as political actors, actually, from within institutions, uh, we are very committed to the cause, uh, and we will do, do as much as we can from the, from the place of opposition, of course. But also, I think queer community will gain momentum to be even more uh, mobilized and organized uh, around uh, key issues. Uh, the right to do the same-sex partnerships being the forefront of the struggle. Yeah, that's uh, sad to hear, but maybe you can also say a little bit more, what are the current obstacles that this bill is facing now? And also maybe you talked about you need to make a new strategy, start lobbying from the beginning. Uh, what is your strategy to also engage with the local queer community on this? Uh, how can you maybe regain the momentum? Well, we are very engaged. I mean, we are regularly uh, meeting with uh, with the pride organizers and uh, other LGBTQI organizations. Uh, so, trying to inform our possible strategies from within, 
from all basically all uh, possible you know walks of areas of, of, of life uh one of from the city level we've been planning to introduce um you know to try to resolve real issues that lgbt people have like for instance uh health care uh that would uh, pertain to their own needs um whether you know providing a possible prevention to HIV aids through pep and pep being part of the the, the universal health care or uh you know actually having uh different spe- specialized uh, checkup and medical examination that's one of the ideas that we can do on the city level that could accommodate at least you know make easier real life problems of, of queer community every day uh, our parliamentary group will uh certainly um, keep pushing for the the bill to get back into the parliament and uh, voting on um, one of the first steps and I think actually one of the historical points in our Serbian parliament was the event that we made with the European Greens uh, in the actual parliament that was I think the first time that the queer community and international and that was talked about on such a substantial level about LGBTI rights. So I think that was a small win, uh, even though it was a probably representational one, it's still a really good win. And what is, what is, the, what is great is there's a lot of people actually recognizing this. And we had really a lot of uh, words of gratitude and, um, and the queer community seems more uh, open to actually building a movement that's made out of, you know, different parts. There's grassroots organizers, there's politicians that can help, there are media that want to help. So I think this actually gains momentum for like more strategic organizing and and uh, pushing for, for our rights. Mm. Um, yeah, are there any other political allies that you maybe already could convince? Um, and the other question is also, Do you cooperate on the issue and look at um, other European Greens member parties, how they are building um, strategies for uh, local queer communities? Is there an exchange on this? We did, uh, I mean, for as, as uh, part of the, the Pride event, EGP did organize uh, several panels on different, uh, different issues that uh, queer community, and we did make some connections. Um, however, maybe some of the issues that were discussed were a, a, a bit, you know, far progressive, a little bit more progressive than uh, what we can uh, fight for at this point. It doesn't mean that in a few years we won't take uh, take and reconsider this, of course. Uh, but uh, it's definitely international solidarity definitely helps, which is what Europe Pride did demonstrate. Because as I said earlier, if it wasn't for the international community joining, I don't think it would have happened. I don't think uh, our um, government would back down in any way. Uh, and I think we should keep thinking how to join together and also... Uh, probably connect even to the other communities, to the other countries that have similar struggles. Because the only way to, uh, to actually uh, push towards more, more uh, liberties and more rights for the queer community is 
uh, together, I think, together on an international level and everywhere else. And also on the local level, joining different groups and politics, politicians, activists and everyone. And um, if I asked you to, to summarize a little bit, uh, now that the Europride is over, um, what do you think will be its long-lasting effect on the region? How, in what way does it empower the LGBTI community? Well, I think it will empower LGBTI community in the terms of presence. Like we were there, we were present, we will not back down, we will not uh, give in to different backlashes from all sides. And I think it is in a way really empowering uh, and judging also by what people are you know, saying in social networks elsewhere and comments in, in different kinds of conversations. I think this it is kind of an encouragement that even though we are not probably as strong as the our opposition, I think that we have more heart and like our hearts truly in it. And I think uh, love will win in the end, that's for sure. What was really uh, great is that a lot of parents came out the streets and we had like actually, this never happened here in Serbia that you would have this kind of support parents coming in and saying, I love my son, I'm here with my son. This also communicates to families uh, of, of LGBTI that are probably uh, not giving their full support. Uh, I think little by little, all of these things lead to, to if the governments and if other structures don't support us, uh, community in the L and the humanity of, of the entire uh, thing will absolutely uh, win. Yeah, love will win was uh, already very beautiful final word in this episode. But my very last question to you is, um, yeah, what is your wish um, and message to the European queer uh, community and also the European Greens supporting your cause? Thank you. Keep coming when it's not even Europe Pride, when it's just Belgrade Pride. Uh, there needs to be more of us. Uh, we need to learn on, on different models of struggle. If uh, probably, you know, like uh, the, the recent developments, for instance, in Ireland or elsewhere, where they actually had really, uh, uh, really great popular support, like all of these tactics and strategies to bring and uh, win people over for a love would be great. So there's a lot of skills we need to share and learn. And of course, support and physical presence is also very important. Uh, we can, you know, uh, write uh, different articles, you know, spread the word on, on this struggle. And I'm sure uh, international pressure plus uh, internal, you know, local organizing will finally, pre will finally help uh, things move forward. Natalia, thanks so much again for being here. Thank you. Today. You're welcome.